Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 141 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, I'm joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan. How you been? I am sweating buckets already, and we just clicked uh, record for the first time in a couple weeks. Well, that's what you get here in the game room. It's hot. It's steamy. It is toasty. I, I think it's Scoob's fault, actually. Usually, we don't have him in here, but he's just a furnace, I guess. Yeah, he gives off some heat. That is for sure. But uh, we have a fun episode planned today, as always. It's been a couple weeks since it's we've been, recorded. what, three or four at I this think point? so. It's been yeah. about a month. Uh, we're kind of not into our normal rhythm of every other week right now, but we're going to try and get back to it here pretty soon. But for anyone that's maybe tuning in for the first time, this is Otaku Brothers. Ryan and I oftentimes keep it to the video game talk, but there's just so much good TV going on right now that we get to talk yeah. about stuff like Kenobi and Stranger Things and all that fun stuff. The, the boys, you've been watching that. Yeah. So we talk about TV yeah. shows, video games, movies, really anything under the sun. It's a freeform show and that sends... But today, we are going to focus the discussion mainly on the games that we've been playing. We do that every week uh, when we record this podcast. I've been playing some some uh, pretty jank-ass stuff. I'm not going to lie. Some best games. But uh, you've been playing some good stuff on the new PlayStation Plus service. Yeah, it's worth, uh, worth getting. Yeah, so we got to talk about that. And then later in the back half of the show, if we have time, we are going to do a spoiler cast on Obi-Wan Kenobi the six episodes that were released on Disney+. Plus, But we're going to prioritize talking about Summer Games Fest, the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, and everything in between uh, those past couple of weeks. There's some pretty decent things shown, some pretty decent things announced, and Ryan and I wanted to circle back following our episode, like, again, three weeks ago, where I kind of got out of my soapbox a little bit, Ryan. Yeah, you did. It was a very angry episode from us, talking about what star wars and xbox xbox yeah our two favorite subjects <laughs> i closed out the episode listening to tub thumpin by chumbawamba Thumpin'. so you can't really go wrong but yes it should be a fun action-packed episode so i hope it finds you well i hope you have your feet kicked up you're staying cool indoors you're playing some great video games maybe you're on a commute to work maybe you're out on a jog i don't know where you are but i hope it finds you well but we got to kick off the episode as we do each and every time, talking about our life, what's going down, what's new. Ryan, what do you have to bring today? Nothing crazy has happened to me, unlike you. Um, I've just been spending a lot of time outside, just soaking up the sun with the pup. That's kind of been my priority for the last month. Cheryl so. Crow wrote a great song about that. Very nice. Soak up the sun. Yeah. Good stuff. That's it. Soak up the sun. That's it. Yeah, yeah I know. Not as I don't know names, and I don't sound as good. Not but. as in tune as Cheryl, but <laughs> yeah. pretty decent nonetheless. Yeah, I mean, not not nothing too crazy. I'll be on vacation next week, which should be a good time. Where are you going? I'm going up to Maine. We're going to do some hiking, my dad and I. Mm. Um, it's going to be my 30th birthday next week. Damn, how does that feel, man? Fucking, um, I like sprained my ankle. I broke my knees just trying to get out of bed today. Like I'm yeah. getting old. Yeah. But yeah, you have another year, right? I do. Yeah, I'll be 30 next year, which is crazy to me that uh, 
get you a walker getting into that <laughs> yeah no getting into that new decade it's it's uh it's fascinating to me that that much time has passed but i'm excited like i a lot of people you know dread their their birthdays and getting older personally i love it because life is grand life is great and i feel like the order that you get just i don't know yes there's more responsibility that comes with getting older having a job paying bills all of that stuff taxes <laughs> yeah but i just feel like with each passing year personally anyways and we have a question later on when we get to some listener questions the meaning of life but i don't know i just feel like i feel more inspired and um pressured isn't the right word but encouraged you just seek adventure get out there experience more things yeah i'm not dreading it i mean 30 is still young i mean 20s is still really young speak for yourself man you're looking more like in your you know your late 30s early 40s nowadays <laughs> Thanks. it's probably my job aging me yeah but at least i'm in the same like decade age wise as emma watson so that's all that matters she's in her 30s i'm in my 30s i have a chance <laughs> that's a good perspective to have yeah 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 for sure um i'm still in the same age range as tom holland so i feel pretty great about things too okay that's a little better yeah yeah spider-man beats uh hermione but i don't know we could have a debate about that but yeah so for me things have been uh getting better as it relates to the house stuff i won't i won't talk too terribly long about this because i have in the past couple of episodes but the good news the long and the short of it is ryan we have captured all the raccoons they're out of the house they're no longer here. They're no longer making noise all throughout the day. We've patched up the hole on our roof, and we are in the final stages of negotiations with pricing as it relates to insurance, paying out the claim for both our roof and our siding. No, that's a big update. I mean, I don't know if we... Did we ever catch the raccoons on the recording, like the cicadas? No, we didn't, uh, because they weren't really in the vicinity of the game room. They were more... The downstairs area, back into Lauren and I's room, and um, certainly in the living room space yeah. around the the fireplace and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's good that you're finally wrapping one. I don't know if it's a project, but one uh, downfall of home ownership. Yeah, I think I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think what Lauren and I have gone through in the past six months or so. Most homeowners don't experience in like 10 to 15 years of homeownership. At least. So, yeah. Uh, but we're getting there. We can see the light at the end of the tunnel. One quick story that's actually kind of fun, interesting, I guess, is um, about three weeks ago at this point, I don't think I talked about this in the recording. So if I did, just slap me. Okay, I will. Um, I was working from home and I needed to, you know, top off my beverage, refill my coffee. Okay. And so I went downstairs, was in the kitchen, refilling my coffee, and I heard a loud bang in the basement. So I run downstairs, and I look to my left, and lo and behold, a little baby raccoon had crawled down through the wall, chewed through all the insulation in the ceiling, and literally just fell right through the ceiling into my basement. And so I was staring at this critter. I felt like I was looking eye to eye with like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Like, what do I do with this thing? You know, yeah, you can't get close. And so, well, I did. And I tried to take like a Tupperware large bin and put it over it to try and capture it. Well, this little guy, cute as all get out. I mean, it's like, how are you going to try and capture this guy? You know, he's just so cute. Yeah. He doesn't know any better. He was birthed into the ceiling of my house. <laughs> yeah. 
So I couldn't quite get him down because he was crawling up this beam to get back up to the ceiling. He sees this gargantuan human of a person walking towards him. He's pretty freaked out. Where was Scooby when all this was going down? He was, I made sure I closed the door upstairs. Okay, good. Yeah, that would have been a, a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, not a fun vet visit. No. And so when that happened, though, I, of course, called up Lauren. I called Critter Control. I said, what do I do? And Lauren had the bright idea of, well, what if we put a trash can in that same spot? So if he falls through again, he's not going to be able to get out. And we, you know, in a kind of roundabout way, capture our own raccoon yeah. without using the professional traps. So I said, okay, let's do that. So we put a trash can down there. A couple days go by. And we're having some uh, friends over Saturday. I run to the grocery store to pick up some stuff. And as I'm getting in my car to come home, Lauren phones me up and says, I went downstairs to get some of the cushions for our outdoor patio set. Look to my left. Lo and behold, we captured the (laughs) raccoon. Very nice. So at that point, I think he may have been the last one that we needed to capture. Maybe one more. But uh, regardless, we got them all out. We patched up the hole. We're moving forward with uh, getting everything squared away with the house. So that's good. Yeah. It's all good stuff. Yeah. But that's really it. Those are kind of the main highlights, if you will. Um, still kind of. We had, we had Father's Day and we got to grill out for the first time on your deck. Yeah, was that fun. was good. We uh, grilled up some hot dogs, some burgers, uh, throw the football around the, the yard with my dad. Yeah. We got a little pool for Scooby-Doo. What was the, the game we were playing? It was like. Hillbilly golf is what they yes. call it. Yeah, Yeah. that's when you like literally throw. um, It's like two golf balls attached to the string. string. Yeah, try and hook them on the little ladder thing. Yeah, that was fun. That's good times. Well, and then one other final thing before we get into the games played. So I've been planning to do something for like a little over a year, I would say. Okay. And for Lauren and I's five year anniversary, which talk about getting older and things. I was going to say, I can't believe it's five years. Five years ago, man. How crazy is that? Yeah, it feels like one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't feel that way. It feels like fifteen because you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't have a house. That's being married apart, to Lauren but... is not easy. You know. Yeah, um, trust me. I I did grow up with her. She's the worst. Yeah, so no, it's you it's, took the bullet on that one. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take one for the team, man. Anything for you. Um, but anyways, so I've been planning this thing for like a year and a half ish, where, you know, for birthdays, you know, this more than anyone for anniversaries. I'm always thinking about the next gift I'm going to mm-hmm. give Lauren. And oftentimes, I get it well in advance of the date of that anniversary or birthday. Mm-hmm. And I have a problem giving her those gifts and waiting for the day. So she oftentimes a- gets her birthday gift like a year early. You yeah. know? Um, I've already gotten her like 40th birthday gift. You know, I've already given it to her. Not surprised. So, just kind of how things work around here. But, uh, but anyways, so for five years, I want to do something special to kind of uh, – commemorate five years of marriage and everything before that um and even a little bit looking forward kind of a thing the problem is people might not know this about me i have an iphone 6 yes i've had an iphone 6 since lauren and i started dating has it been that long yeah okay yeah wow because i got it when i started my first job the first job that i had paid for my phone Mm. and i just still have that phone yeah Uh, first smartphone i ever had obviously the first iPhone I've ever had and all of my photos, like literally the past seven years of my life are on and captured on that phone. Yeah. The problem with such an old iPhone is getting that into iCloud storage because getting it 
upload it is just such a painfully slow process given that my phone is kind of like a relic of the past at this point. Could you just plug it into your computer and drag all the photos? That's what I did. That's where things get a little interesting. So if you'll remember, when we first started this podcast four years ago, yeah, back in 2018, which is also wild, I got a MacBook Pro. Yes. And that's what we used to start recording the show. Mm-hmm. Well, fast forward about two years into that, one night, Matt, the second apartment that Lauren and I had together, watching something on TV, maybe listening to a podcast or something like that, laying on the couch, playing my PlayStation Vita. I don't know what happened. I don't know if I was under the influence of alcohol or something, but I stood up and I kind of like ninja starred my PlayStation Vita at my computer. <laughs> and I, the screen I just I, I didn't even know that. I just knew it was broken, but fuck. <laughs> nice. Thankfully, the more important technology survived that battle. The yeah. PlayStation Vita is perfectly fine. Not a scratch Good. on the screen or the console itself. The same cannot be said about my MacBook Pro. No. The thing was completely screwed up, gone, wiped, pretty much. We still ended up recording like three or four more episodes using that thing. Yeah, yeah. It was because I had had it down to such a science using GarageBand or whatever it is what we used to record the show that I knew where all the buttons were. I knew how to export the show uh, using commands or whatever. And so editing wasn't that big of a problem until it kind of was where like I accidentally like pressed the screen and then like the the crack on the screen was almost like a bolt of lightning that continued to like etch through the rest of the screen. <laughs> yeah. So to make a long story short here, there was no salvaging that computer. I ended up getting another laptop. You know, it doesn't really matter the rest of the story. We still continue to put episodes out. But getting back to this whole idea of editing something together for Lauren, you know, using one piece of Apple tech to another, getting those photos off my phone, using that MacBook would have been, would have been a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Well, flash forward a couple more years, I, I basically tossed my MacBook aside and said, this is a you know useless piece of crap now because I can't use it uh, in any conceivable way. I can't get any of the documents that I had off of it because I can't see anything. Mm-hmm. And then I was talking to a good friend of the show one day. I think you were actually there. Sean. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Listen to the show. So Sean, shout outs to him. What's up, man? Yeah. And we were kind of talking through all of this, not so much the project I want to do for Lauren, but just the MacBook and not being able to salvage it. Yeah. He's like, well, why don't you just get a USB-C to HDMI adapter and plug that into one of your other monitors that you use for your PC? Yeah, I didn't know that was an option. So I passed out for about five minutes and then Sean (laughs) revived me and I thought, whoa, what a brilliant idea. How stupid am I? And... Did exactly what he said, got the USB-C to HDMI adapter, plugged it in one of my monitors. Now, the the problem with that was I got to the home screen on my Mac and it was literally just a black screen because the screen's cracked. Yeah. And I had to go through like a history of passwords in my brain of like, okay, at this time of my life, what was the password that I was using for <laughs> everything? Yeah. Right? Which is not easy. And, you know, as an IT auditor, I shouldn't be the that guy, he uses the same password for everything, but oftentimes I kind of do. And yeah. I don't know about you, but like I have certain passwords for certain eras of my life. Yeah, I, I think like I have a certain phrase that I generally use and then like variations of that. But it has not like for security reasons, it has nothing to do with like what's your dog's name. It's not like Nala 
72. If you want to hack into Ryan's bank account right now, Nala 72. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's, it has nothing to do with like... So getting off my password. <laughs> yeah, so anyways, passwords aside, make sure you change them regularly. Uh, use Apple security if you can, friends. But yes. anyways... So we're sponsored by a VPN <laughs> express VPN, go yeah. to expressvpn.com forward slash Otaku brothers to get 10% off today. Yeah. Thanks. Nord Nord VPN. No, Is please that another don't, one? please don't do that. That's not, it's not going to work. Um, anyways, getting back to the story, Ryan, the people are getting impatient here. Okay. Yes. So I did that. I found a way to get in, figured out my password situation, and what I'd done with my phone is I'd built out a library of about 900 photos to kind of put together this thing. Yeah. What this thing ended up becoming was I segmented it into different periods of Lauren and I's life to this point. Um, of course, you got to get Scooby in there. It, it's lots of fun, but I spent the last week editing that all together because I wanted to be able to celebrate that not only with lauren but also you her your parents my parents because you're all a part of our life you've been all been a part of our marriage and our journey and everything like that and so last saturday when we had the dads over for father's day uh and all that to say like i ended up editing all this on that macbook that's kind of where the macbook comes into play i wasn't just telling some sad sob story (laughs) about chuck and vitas yeah for the sake of it um but anyway so everyone gets here we're having fun having drinks, eating chips and salsa. It's good times. And then we all kind of gather into the kitchen space. And at this point in our lives, when I start to kind of like give a speech about something, make sure the whole family's there. You were, it it wasn't ominous, but you're like, hey, we need to talk to everyone in the kitchen before we start grilling out. And we're like, is Lauren drinking right now? <laughs> so that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. Like at this point in our lives, right? It's, everyone's kind of like, when's the announcement coming yeah. type of thing? Relax, people. It'll happen when we're ready. All right. But anyways, it was kind of like, is this a pregnancy announcement? Type yeah. Of deal. Um, and it wasn't. So it was kind of like. That's me. how you started the conversation. It was like, we don't want to get your hopes up too high. Yeah. Lauren, here's a shot. It's not that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we cheers to family, all that good stuff. And uh, I showed everyone this presentation that I kind of put together, this um, really just virtual album of photos of the past six and a half years of my life with Lauren, you know? That was really nice. And yeah, so what do you think? It was 35 minutes long, something like that? Too long. It was the worst 30 minutes of my life. I figured. I figured. (laughs) No, it was really well put together. A lot of good pictures. I thought we lost the family pictures from your wedding. There were like the group. Yeah. So the group photos we have, the ones that we lost were like the photos of like me and Lauren with my grandma and Uh, like you guys, those individual photos. Okay. Which is really unfortunate because, you know, your grandma has passed away since our wedding. Yeah. My grandma's 93, 94. So like, um, you can't get that stuff back. No, it's priceless. Uh, but I am so fortunate that we do have those group photos. Yeah. Right. So, um, so anyways, all of this to say, I posted like a little teaser tweet. Uh, the night that I finished editing that, which took fucking long time. I can um, so I hope Lauren's thankful because geez, the things I do for that, that girl. bitch. Seriously. She hated it. My gosh. <laughs> um, I posted like this little teaser tweet out there for the Twitter world. I uploaded this to my um, personal YouTube channel. Okay. And I have it scheduled to release on our anniversary, August 5th. Nice. So um, head everyone, over to Ari Lewis 2011 on youtube.com 
Well, it's my personal one, but yeah, kind of. Oh, there's a uh, different one? Yeah, I mean, I, I just have like a personal like Rusty Lewis oh, I didn't know that. YouTube cool. channel. So yeah, Ari Lewis 2012. <laughs> Go check nice. it out. Um, but yeah, so it'll release on August 5th. Mark your calendar. It's going to be great. It'll be special. I'll be. Re- I'll remind everyone though, so don't okay. worry about it. Don't worry about it. But um, anyways, Ryan, that is a wrap for the life updates. We're 20 minutes in the show. Everyone's fast forwarding saying like, Rusty, I don't, don't want to hear. <laughs> Please get to games. I don't want to hear your, your Nicholas Sparks story. Okay, let's get to the good stuff here. Um, Ryan, let's talk about the games that we've been playing recently. Like I said at the top of the show, we've been playing some good stuff. Yes. Maybe some nostalgic choices. If like you RuneScape. <laughs> Fuck me, man. <laughs> no, no I, I haven't really been playing RuneScape anymore. Um, I ended up getting the PlayStation Extended Plus Premium whatever the hell. Hardcore edition. Yeah. And I've been playing some Resistance 3. Nice. And it holds up pretty good. I mean, it's early, maybe mid PlayStation 3, because the first one released, I think, a launch title, maybe. Or right it was. After. Yeah, no, Resistance Fall of Man. Um, so this probably would have been middle of the life cycle for the PlayStation 3, but those guns are so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, the gameplay, or the actual gun fights themselves um, holds up really well. Well, yeah, I mean, Insomniac, of course, famous for the Ratchet and Clank series, dating back to PS1 days, you get Spyro the Dragon, and then that PS3 era. So your dad calling? It's my dad. Little, uh... Shire theme. <laughs> we'll call him back after the show. What's up, Dad? But yeah, no, I'm Insomniac Games. So they did Spyro PS1. They did Ratchet and Clank PS2. And then PS3, you still got a number of Ratchet and Clank games. But I'm glad that they kind of went into this whole first-person shooter scene yeah. with the Resistance series. And it's a series that I really haven't played much, but I want to. Yeah, they don't have the first two um, on the PlayStation Plus. But uh, they have the third one, which is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up watching kind of a recap before i went through it and the story's so good um is i did it? what i said is it yes well, it well, is okay high level set the scene uh so you start out in the first two games you play as nathan hale and it's similar to like gears of war um where there's like the locusts or whatever mm-hmm. um but they come from space on in this one and they kind of take over they started in russia um, I think the first one, or they take over Russia and all of Europe, and then they make it to the United States. Um, and Nathan Hale is kind of the protagonist. He gets infected, but that's how like they kind of rationalize that he has the ability to heal. Mm. So that's how that mechanic kind of plays into it. Um, and you're just trying to get rid of the uh, locusts. And this is uh, kind of like a mission-based game, like level select. It's not an open world. You run around on a map type of deal. No, it's a linear story. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're trying to take down angels. You're trying to take down their ship. Um, and I forget how it ends, but yeah, it's it's a good game. Good deal, man. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely need to check that out. I've been playing some PlayStation Plus Premium Extended. I think we can actually co-op that extra one as edition. well. So can that we? That would be fun. Yeah. Okay. And then the second playthrough is the best because you have all the guns unlocked and like you actually gain experience in a gun. So there's different, I think there's maybe three levels. Okay. Um, so like the sniper that can see through walls, you end up getting like explosive ammo or something like that. Um, but midway through the game, you get a sledgehammer. So you can do like a sledgehammer only run, mm. which would be fun. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the other game I was playing was Star Wars Force Unleashed. Nice. Starkiller, right? Yes. Um, so you play um, 
Darth Vader's apprentice. What uh, is this like before the New Hope or New Hope? What when does this take place? Yeah, I think it's before New Hope because okay. it's his apprentice and he wants to take down the Emperor. Okay, with uh, Star Killer. Vader does. Yeah, Vader does. Okay, so he's basically trying to per- perfect clone version of you. It's a lot of fun. Um, it focuses mainly on just using the Force, as the title would. Um, you would. Come now, on. Lauren's calling me. What's going on? <laughs> In high demand. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of fun. You can, like, grab enemies, chuck them around the world. Um, I, like, incinerated a few, like, on the force field and stuff. If you push them into the force field, they just evaporate, nice. which is fun. Um, and then you get lightning and different abilities. I ended up rage quitting on the second level, though, just because... <sighs> The map design is not the greatest. Like, you fall into pits all the time, and I I just didn't have the ability to push through it. But overall, it, it's a ton of fun. Still holds up kind of well? Yeah, it holds up. They both hold up really well. Did you ever play the second one? I don't think I ever made it through that one. Okay. That's why I wanted to play the first and then the second one, just mm-hmm. to get the story. Um, I know you get to fight Vader, I think, in the end of the first one. Well, I remember playing the first one uh, on PS3 when I was in college, I believe. I just remember the first level, you get to control Vader, which at the time was a big deal. Yeah. Right? And I think you're on Kashyyyk. And then you just rip through Wookiees like nobody's business. Yeah. I didn't like the first level. It didn't hold up really well. The first level didn't. The second level where you're playing a Starkiller did. Um, So I beat one mission with Starkiller. I guess it's the third mission that I rage quit. But... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you the, you just chucking Wookiees around is yeah. just a ton of fun. Besides that, I haven't really been playing much else. I have been watching The Boys, keeping up with that show. I think, I can't remember where we were. Maybe it just dropped last time we recorded. Um, yeah, I think so. But I think there's six episodes out as of yesterday. Um, it's interesting, but not as good as the other seasons for me. Oh, really? Um, but it's it's still got the charm of the boys um and then besides that this week i watched the multiverse of madness now that's on disney plus oh this is the second doctor strange yeah how was that it was dark like they took like the boys is like superheroes if they're unhinged and they're killing people guts everywhere and they kind of take that darker approach with uh multiverse madness which was cool Mm, okay uh, i think it's a different director i was it ramey or same ramey who did yeah. the original three spider-man movies yeah so you can definitely see the tonal shift mm. which is what um the olsen wanted or the actress oh elizabeth olsen yeah yeah she wanted there was like an interview five or six years ago where she's like i would love to do um the house of m which mm. is what this is basically she loses her fake imaginary kids that she made up and then she just goes unhinged she just wants like an x-rated full house (laughs) yeah 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 no it's it's cool worth watching for sure it's probably the best post end game yeah besides spider-man so it's spider-man than this okay besides that there hasn't really been much that's come out that's high quality Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. but that's pretty much all i've played and watched okay Good stuff. Well, before I really get into the games I've been playing recently, I do want to give a little bit of a high-level overview of this new PlayStation Plus service. We kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, it's confusing as all get out. It is. I had to 
text you to make sure I got the right one. Yeah. So I kind of want to walk people through what you get at each tier, the benefits of the different tiers, and really just my overall thoughts on it, which to be honest, outside of the naming conventions and it being a little confusing and the interface isn't overly great when you're navigating everything on the uh, the PlayStation menu, yeah. I've been really impressed with the library of games. Yeah, it's a really good library. Yeah. So we'll go into all of that here shortly, but the three different tiers. So you have Essential, Extra, and Premium. And I swear, if I asked 100 people to, to basically rank these, what do you think is the top tier versus the lowest tier? I would venture to guess that about 50% of the people would say that Extra was the highest tier and Premium was the second highest tier. Well, when I my thought process was I thought Extra was the stuff on top of the base package Mm -hmm. essential being the base and then premium being something else yeah the naming convention is pretty awful listen i'm I'm no marketing guru but like you already have an existing tiering with playstation in your playstation trophies yeah why don't you just make playstation plus silver playstation plus gold and playstation plus platinum yeah that would make a ton of sense knowing full well which tier is which in terms of the top now you're still gonna have to double click and better understand what you get at each tier, but at mm-hmm. least it would be abundantly clear, you know, what's the highest one. Anyways, Ryan, I digress. Got a little okay. heated. <laughs> so let me walk through the different tiers. So you have Essential, which again is the base. With this, this is basically the PlayStation Plus tier that everyone probably already has. Mm-hmm. That's subscribed to PlayStation Plus where you get those two to three monthly games. You have the ability to play games online with your friends And then oftentimes, if you navigate through the PlayStation Plus store, you get exclusive discounts to games that are on sale. Yeah. Right. With this, you also get cloud storage, which is important. And you also get that PlayStation Plus collection. So back when the PS5 released, there was that kind of bundle of about 15 games or so. Mm -hmm. And pretty good games. You know, God of War, Bloodborne, Mortal Kombat. The Crash Bandicoot Insane Collection, Last Guardian, among other titles. Pretty much the AAA from the PS4 era. Uncharted 4, exactly. Yeah, yeah that really that mid to getting into that later um, timeline of PS4 gen. Mm-hmm. Moving on to the extra tier, this is when you get the game catalog. So this is what I would consider to be kind of the game pass for PlayStation, mm-hmm. where you have about 300 games And in that, I would say it's pretty impressive. I mean, you're getting not just the God of Wars and Bloodborns of the world, but you're getting the Death Stranding director's cut. You're getting Miles Morales. You're getting Marvel's Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima. You're getting not only the greatest hits from PS4, but I would say even dipping into the late PS4, early PS5 stuff too. So if you get premium, does it cover extra? Do we have, because we have that catalog, right? Yeah, so when okay. you get premium, it's it's kind of like it stacks. You get everything. Uh, okay. Everything below it. Everything below it at that point. Okay. So the only added benefit of getting extra is the game catalog. Mm-hmm. And you still get, of course, the monthly games, PlayStation Plus collection, cloud storage, so on and so forth. And then premium is the highest tier. That's when you're getting the classics catalog. So you're going to be able to stream PlayStation 3 games, download PS1 and PS2 classics, so on and so forth. And you get all of those added benefits from the extra and essential tiers. Okay. Now you get into the pricing. 
So for essential, 60 bucks a year, mm-hmm. about six bucks a month yep, or $10 a month. I'm just going to go through the annual subscription costs. That's fair. Not to get too confusing. So that essential, 60 bucks a year, that's what we were paying previously. Um, so really there's no difference for that tier. The extra tier, we were getting that game catalog, 100 bucks a year. So about $10 a month, mm-hmm. which I think is reasonable. Actually, yeah. no, less than $10 a month. But um, I think that's pretty reasonable. If just for comparison, Game Pass is where price-wise? $10 a month. Okay. And then Ultimate's 15 Okay. And I'm not going to get into the nuance of what you get in Game Pass versus PlayStation Plus. Really just going to focus on PlayStation Plus. Otherwise, this would be more confusing than it already is. Yeah. Right? And then Premium is... $120 a year, so about $12 a month. Okay. It was um, weird. When I was trying to upgrade, the extra and the premium had like the same cost to upgrade to it. I think it was like 20 bucks for each. Yeah, because if you're already, you already have a foot in the door, I think there's maybe a slight discount to just pay the difference yeah. for that annual fee that you're already being charged for game PlayStation Plus. Mm-hmm. So I just paid that difference for premium. Um, I did end up canceling my Game Pass subscription just because I haven't turned on my Series X in two months. Yeah. And that's $30 that have gone out the window that I wasn't really leveraging the service for. And that $30 was the difference in cost to upgrade to premium for the next year mm-hmm. uh, for PlayStation Plus. And what I'll say is, whether it's Game Pass, whether it's Nintendo Switch Online, whether it's PlayStation Plus, ultimately it's up to the individual person to make the... the um, the decision of what's offered there and whether or not it speaks to you. So I would just encourage everyone to, you know, if you don't have these added tiers, extra and premium, go and check them out. I think overall, when you include the game catalog, the classics catalog, all the PS1 and PS2 classics, there's like 700 games that you have available to you, which to me was wild. Now, the added asterisks, to that though is for playstation 3 stuff you stream those you don't natively play those download them onto your console type of thing yeah like you would the playstation 4 and 5 offerings so it's largely going to be dependent on one how does that game run through the streaming service to begin with and then in addition to that how is your internet yeah now fortunately for me i do have strong internet so i played a couple games as i'll get into here shortly and I ran into no stuttering, no glitches, no nothing outside of that game just being, you know, 10 to 15 years old already. And it just runs not as well as something like it would on PS4 or 5 anyways. Yeah, I like, mean, both the games I talked about um, were streamed. Yeah. And I had no issues at all. I mean, it's right next to the router. Mm-hmm. So, like, it couldn't get any closer. But, yeah, it I didn't have any issues. And for me, it's been just a tremendous convenience because I did get the disc edition of PS5. But I'll tell you what, man, I saw what was offered through the game catalog, really just the entire library of stuff. And I started just ripping games off my shelf and just saying like, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to own this physically because it it is so convenient just to say like, oh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, that's upstairs. I could run upstairs and put the disc in and download it. Mm Mm-hmm. But like then I got to take it out of Lauren. I want to watch, you know, Blu-rays at night or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's just so convenient to just download the game I want to play. And especially stuff like, you know, Kingdom Kong Deliverance. It's kind of this medieval first person, first person action RPG. I don't need to own that game physically. 
Yeah. Vampire came out a couple years ago. I don't need to own that game physically. So I've just been kind of ripping games off my shelf, building out a stack. Um, so anyone that's listening, that's curious of what I'm planning on getting rid of, uh, let me know. I can send a, either a photo to the larger discord or a photo to you individually to kind of let you know what I'm getting rid of. Um, but I just feel like there's just so much there that it was a reminder to me that like I can clear off this shelf to make room for like God of War Ragnarok that I know I'm going to want to own physically. Do you think GameStop would have the same issue of not buying PlayStation games that are on this the same way they do with Xbox with Game Pass? I don't think so. So kind of a PSA. I don't know if this is really meant to be believed or not, but I did see someone talking on Twitter that um, they took a stack of their Xbox One and 360 games into GameStop with the intention to trade those. And GameStop said, no, we're no longer taking Xbox stuff because all this stuff is free on Game Pass. I don't know if they're actually cross-referencing that with what's on Game Pass to validate that they're not taking game X, Y, and Z. Yeah. I also have to believe they have like 400 copies of Halo 4, so yeah. there's no need for them to take additional inventory of the Gears of War Halo series. Yeah. It'd be interesting. That'd be a lot of extra work or manpower to cross-reference. Yeah. Yeah. So in addition to that, I'll just say that so many of the games that I had wishlisted over the past year or so for PlayStation 4 is in the games catalog. And in addition to that, there's so much in the PS3 library that I've been wanting to play over the years that I either own physically or has been on my own personal spreadsheet wish list Mm -hmm. that is there that I just completely deleted it all off my wish list. That's nice. Because they're games that like I know... I'm going to play once and either not play to completion because it's just not that good. Yeah. Or it's an okay game that I'll play to completion and never want to touch again. And if I can stream it through this service, even if I have some hiccups here and there, I'd rather do that than buy a physically physical copy on eBay for anywhere from 15 to 30 bucks. Yeah. And when I talk about this, I'm really talking about that bargain bin Potentially like one person's trash, another person's hidden gem type stuff mm-hmm. in the PS3 360 era, like Dark Void. Hot Shots Golf. Well, no, that's 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 S tier stuff. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. You got like stuff like Dark Void, Alone in the Dark, Enslaved Odyssey to the West. That's largely known among people of being a hidden gem mm-hmm. in the Xbox 360 PS3 era. Duke Nukem Forever, um, Dark Void. I think I might have already said that. Yeah. Um, not to mention my jank-ass Disney stuff. They have Disney's Bolt. They have a couple Cars really? games. They have Epic Mickey 2, um, Pirates of the Caribbean, At World's End, Disney's Pixar's Brave. Stuff that like legitimately has been on my wish list because I love to play these types of games. Mm-hmm. But the fact that I can stream these, don't own them physically, and don't need to really go out and buy them is a big win for me. Yeah. But I know that's not for everyone and people want to have their physical copies and that's perfectly fine. Uh, But for me, where I'm at in my life right now, this service really just caters to the types of games I want to play. And from a collecting aspect, I can kind of tailor it back a bit because so much of what I want to play is here. That's good. Yeah, you can clear some more room on your shelf because it's getting pretty packed. Yeah. And then in addition to that, last thing I'll say about, you know, this service, the types of games that are there. There are some PS1 games on there that they added, like Siphon Filter, Ape Escape, Jumping Flash. Um, And the cool thing about this is that several of these games have gotten trophy support. Not all of them, some of them. 
And you have some modern features that you see on the like Switch online service where you have rewind features yeah, and stuff like that. Um, so that's been pretty neat. What they're going to do with this classics catalog moving forward, I don't have any kind of faith that they're going to continue to build upon this because when they came out with that first library of PS2 classics on PS4, like Ape Escape 2, Hot Shots Tennis, um, you got the Jack and Daxter games, stuff like that. They really never built upon that. It was just, hey, here's 25 games and nothing more really came from that. So whether or not they're going to continue to build upon this, I don't know. The only reason why I think they might is because those PS2 classics that they put on PS4, yeah. you weren't paying a subscription fee for those. Those were just out there for 15 bucks, and if you wanted them, you picked them up. If you didn't, well, don't buy them. This is now a service that people are paying for, yeah. and if PlayStation's trying to incentivize new subscribers beyond the people that bought it here, I would like to think that they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to add classics, classic games yeah. or continue to build upon like the AAA or maybe you know B-tier games like Stray, Bug Snacks, things like that, day one, day and date release for the yeah. service. Or they're just going to have the Strays and Bug Snacks of the world, but they're not going to build in the classics. No, it'd be nice to expand. I mean, it would be smart for them. Doesn't Is it PlayStation 2 that has the largest library of games? across all the consoles uh, it's either that the wii stuff like that okay yeah i mean i would really enjoy to go back to some of those old games that i've never had the experience well what i'd like that to see them do is you know every couple of months just another five to ten games doesn't need to be anything significant but i think it would do a lot to add stuff like metal gear solid or spyro the dragon the originals yeah um and whatever else that you know you look up the best selling games or top, you know, 25 PS1, PS2 I wonder, games. I wonder how hard it is to translate or to get the game onto that. Like, I don't feel like those emulators are going to be too difficult to get on there. But I don't listen. Yeah. I'm completely ignorant to this. I don't know the specs, the hardware, the behind the scenes technology that complicates putting PS1 through three games on a PS5. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it, there has to be some level of complications if we couldn't have backwards compatibility disc wise with the readers exactly like ps4 to the older oh the last thing i'll say too the really neat thing about streaming the ps3 games is it basically takes you to the interface of the ps3 and not only that when you unlock trophies it's the classic playstation 3 trophy unlock noise mm-hmm. and not the ps5 one which was a big deal for me and you know for I have a pretty significant PS3 library back there, but man, I don't want to hook up my PS3. And the last thing I want to do is use the DualShock 3 because that thing that was awful. is horrible. Yeah. Just a terrible controller. And to be able to use the PS5 controller to play those PS3 games, for me, is a game changer. Yeah. No, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. You so, still have my PS3, right? I do. Yeah. Okay. Because uh, I was playing... Like Final Fantasy 13. I don't really remember what I was playing, yeah, I but it was Final Fantasy. Was in the interest. Uh, I was interested in playing some PS3 stuff. But yeah. Anyways, again, do your own homework. Go out there, look at the library, and see if it's for you. I know it's a tremendous turnoff when you're streaming PS3 games. I wish that you could download those games in your console just as much as the next person. Um, but 
because my internet is is good enough to warrant playing through those games with little to no stutter uh, works for me. But I know it's not going to work for everyone. Is Game Pass streamed or downloaded? I would say more often than not, you download those games onto okay. your system, but you can stream cloud stream a lot of those games. Mm. Um, okay. So and then just for recommendation, which is the best Hotshots Golf that I would be able to play on this? Oh, that's a great question. Well, first of all, I would just recommend you get Everybody's Golf, which you can download through the game catalog. Okay. With the tier subscription that you have. Nice. Um, so that's where I would start because you get to create your own character, um, the traditional three button click system, um, unlock characters, the whole nine. Um, no pun intended. It's great stuff. Everybody's golf. <laughs> I've put over 80 hours into it's fantastic game and it kills me that we're not going to get any more um, from that studio because they closed a lot of those Japanese studios um, a while back. But the next best game if you have the access to the classics catalog, mm-hmm. I would download or stream Hot Shots Golf World Invita- Invitational. Okay. It was on the Vita. I had no idea it also came to PS3. So I've been enjoying some of that this week as well. Okay. Because I'm, I'm in the mood for a golf game, seeing you play like a ton of them yeah, recently. For sure. Uh, no, definitely check out Everybody's Golf first. Okay. Can we go, can we play against each other if I play Everyone's Golf? I want to say... There was plans to shut down the online everybody's golf service. I don't know if that means I can't create like a lobby for us to still play online. Yeah. That might just be the online tournaments, but I don't know for certain. Okay. So we'll have to check. You might have to try. We'll that. have to give that a try. Yeah. yeah. For sure. But outside of all that, I'll talk through the actual games that I've been playing. Ryan, there's really only one game that I was going to play to truly test the capabilities of the PS3 streaming service. World Renowns, um, when it came out, I mean, it was just record-selling game. Metacritic, I think it's still one of the highest-rated games of all time. Okay. And the price has skyrocketed on the eBay just because it's such a a treasured title. It's called Magus. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if he's serious, but... It sounds too good to be true. I was I was expecting maybe a Disney game, yeah, like the Simba's Revenge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one too. That's a good one too. Not on the service, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but uh, no, so Magus, I never really knew. I wouldn't even call it a cult following. Just the following behind this game. Apparently, it's a relatively expensive PS3 game. Okay, but the game's terrible. Like it's really? it's really just not that fun. And in my beat tweet. There's a podcast out there called Polykill. Check them out. And they encourage their listeners to hashtag just beat it and then tag their podcast. And they read the beat tweets on their podcasts um, every other week. My beat tweet basically read, I feel like people use the word jank to describe games too much nowadays. Yeah. Like it's just this, it's the constant fallback of you don't really know how to describe the game. It's not triple A in the God of War sense. So it's just jank. Right. Mm-hmm. That's what a lot of people say. And I, I'm I'm guilty of this, too. We, I mean, we, we say jank all the time on this podcast. Yeah. However, in the beat tweet, I basically said, like, yes, we use that word too much to, stri- to, to, to describe games nowadays. But Magus is like the epitome of jank. And if jank is in the dictionary, the box art for this game should literally be next to it. So I know I draw the like entire synopsis of the game by hearing the word Magus. 
but what the hell is this game? <laughs> so I'm not even going to go or try or attempt to explain the story. Okay. Because I have no idea what was going on. I literally mashed the X button through all of the dialogue, which the dialogue was actually one of the more redeeming qualities of the game just because it was so ridiculous. I'm actually pulling up Twitter now. What genre is this game? So third person action game. Okay. Think infamous. Yeah. You run through these environments. There's like five or six levels and you just shoot energy out of your hands. Oh, okay. That's the basic premise. Cool. You're running through these levels. You're shooting energy at your hands. You're just mowing down waves and waves and waves of enemies. That's it. And then you get to the end of the level. You beat a boss. You go back to this hub world that looks oddly familiar to the Elden Ring hub world. Mm, What's that okay. called? Uh, the round table or whatever. Yeah, it kind of looks like that. I mean, there's literally a fucking round table that you go up to to select the level that you want to go to. Yeah. But anyways, here was my B tweet. I think jank is used too often nowadays to describe games. But you might as well put the box art for Magus next to jank in the dictionary. The epitome of jank. And not in the it's still fun to play kind of way either. Easy, either. Can't talk, can't read. Easy platinum trophy though, so I can't complain. So this is the best way I could describe Magus to sum it up for people. If Lizard Lady versus the Cats or Lady in a Leotard with a Gun, those <laughs> jank ass games on yeah. PlayStation for like 99 cents, easy platinum. It looks like some psychedelic crazy stuff is going on yeah if that game came out on the original nintendo the the nes like mm -hmm. 35 years ago magus seems like the natural evolution of that if it came out on the gamecube okay so if you've seen gameplay or you've played you're one of the many lucky fortunate people <laughs> that have experienced the brilliance of lady lizard versus the cats or lady lizard lady fuck the name, the name is so confusing yeah lizard lady versus the cats or Lady in a Leotard with a Gun. This great, honestly great feels naming. like the spiritual successor to that on a future console. So is Magus the dude's name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why I want to read the beat tweet, getting great back name. to the dialogue. Um, first of all, look at those faces. Lovely. Looks like Oblivion. Yeah, it kind of does. Um, I want to read this to you. So at the very end of the game, you storm this castle and you try and overthrow this king. Spoilers. Yeah. Spoiler alert for Magus. <laughs> and you get to you know the center of this castle and you fight him and all of his bad all of his guards mm -hmm. and credits roll or whatever oh and then you fight this like unicorn lady at the very end too uh, of course because magus yeah. things so you get to this king so at last we meet i've looked forward to ending your miserable pathetic existence for some time now and you actually have dialogue trees so you okay. get to choose between like one of three things when you respond to people does so, it affect anything? No, it's the okay. same thing. That's why I just mashed the X button. So here are the two options you have to respond to this king. Kind of a harsh way to kick off a conversation, don't you think? Or the better option, I have to admit, I've been looking forward to beating you to death with your own spine as well. <laughs> it's this very self-aware, bizarre, cheesy, over-the-top, like C-tier science fiction movie dialogue. Yeah. And you get to kind of choose what you want to say. So literally the only redeeming quality about this game outside of an easy platinum trophy. Otherwise, avoid this game at all costs. If you have the classics catalog, stream it, play it. It's a fun three to four hour romp. Okay. But do not pay the price this is going for on eBay unless you What's were just it going for now. I think I, I looked it up. It's like 80, 90 dollars. Jeez. Something like that. 
Don't wow. pay the price unless you were like a hardcore collector and you really want You're a Magus fan. Magus sitting on your shelf. But gosh, man, game is terrible, terrible stuff. But the things I do for love, you know, platinum trophies and stuff. Um, love is platinum. It is. Outside of that, I took advantage once again of the game catalog service. The other benefit, I'm telling you, people, my trophy hunters out there, listen uh. up. Ears perked. I'm, 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 You're I'm relapsing talking, again back to... I'm talking to all the trophy hunters out there, all right? If you've maybe played a game on PS4 and you've beaten it and got the Platinum Trophy, but you never got the PS5 version, or maybe you beat the PS5 version and you want to go back and play the PS4 version and also get the Platinum Trophy, the game catalog is going to cater to all of your trophy-wanting needs. And you can always make a second account and then get the platinum on that account. Well, I've done that with Lauren's account. And, you I know, know. I know. We've gone that direction too. But what uh, I'm saying is, get a wife, then make her an account. Exactly. Then get the platinum on that system. Exactly. Um, no. So I mm. beat Miles Morales on PS5. Yes. And I was not going to buy the game physically again for like you know forty sixty dollars just to play on PS4 and get the platinum. But if it was on the service. I'm double dipping. I'm actually quadruple dipping because to get the Platinum and Miles Morales, you have to beat the game twice. A new game plus run through. But trophies aside, dude, Miles Morales is so oh, good. Oh, it's a great game. Yeah. So, so good. Um, so did you play it on the PS5? Yeah. And you to, played the PS4 version on the PS5? Is that yeah. How that works? Yeah. And to be honest, the drop down to 30 frames per second was noticeable for maybe like the first 30 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. But after that, I didn't know any different. Yeah, it, I don't really notice the difference between. The Still two. ran really well. The music in Miles Morales slaps so freaking hard, man! It's so, so good. The story, I'm with you. Not as compelling as the first, and probably because the story isn't stretched out over like a twenty to thirty hour game. This is a pretty succinct experience. You can beat it in about anywhere from six to ten hours. Yeah, and the villain maybe not as. Um, I don't know, how would you describe the villain in this game without spoilers? Not compelling yeah. at all. I mean, it's one of those ones It's like have a conversation and the entire, I guess, dilemma or fight would be solved. But mm-hmm. because the ki- or the villain is irrational, it just, it just doesn't make any Young, sense. Young, naive, irrational. Yeah. yeah all those things. Um, but that aside, there's some pretty emotional story beats to this one. Yeah. Um, especially at the very end, regardless of what you think about the villain, mm-hmm. it's still a pretty emotional um, moment. And I mean, more than anything, just gets me really excited for Spider-Man 2. Yeah, 2 is going to be great. I mean, they built up Miles Morales really well. Oh, so good. Um, and there's a lot of, I, I really liked when they were together, like fighting. I think it's the first mission, right? Where you're with the original Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that team up was really cool. Um curious if they're going to introduce more spider people well here's where things get interesting with spider-man 2 i was talking to um, a buddy of mine about this yesterday is he's wondering are they gonna enable co-op with spider-man 2 where you can that would be cool peter and miles i don't know how you do that like look because they unload parts of the city to have that open world they would probably have to section off or make it less open world if you have two people. Because you well, don't want to load both sides of the city. Well, and what I was thinking is, I, I don't think they're going to go down that route. But where my head was going is, well, if you're playing with two people, it's going to be so much easier to just clear the warehouses and rooms and stuff. 
Yeah, would the number of enemies scale to two people? Exactly. That's what I was thinking. And if it didn't, well, then I was thinking, well, then it almost becomes like Halo and Legendary, where you play on a harder difficulty with a buddy, and it just makes it that much more fun. That would be fun. I don't think they're going to go down that route, but I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. No, that would be really cool. Yeah. Um. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Do we have a release date? We just saw one trailer for that, right? I think they said 2023. Now, whether or not they stick to that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. 2023 is already going to be insane. A crazy year. Insane for games next year. Is God of War still coming out end of this year? Or is Corey that Balrog has been tweeting and teasing like a mad person on Twitter. Okay. You know, he the other day he was teasing um, that he was playing a game over the weekend. Of course, it was God of War. And then he's been responding to random people that pro... Um, like proposed questions of like, what's a game or a series that you played once but never really could get into? And then he, of course, responded to that person like, God of War, never understood it. He's like, not enough God, not <laughs> enough war, and let's not even start talking about of, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, he's been teasing the heck out of it. I have to believe they are polishing off bugs, and I see that game coming out in November. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. That'll be a good one. If it holds up to the quality of the first one, then mm-hmm. it'll mm-hmm. be great. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, man, good stuff. Miles Morales, fantastic game, a fun revisit, and uh, pop that platinum. Can't right. beat it. Can't beat it. Uh, next game I played, just kind of been an interesting week, Ryan. A um, lot going on, yeah. and a uh, lot going on yesterday, and I just need something to kind of chill. Magus 2, Magus's Revenge. Exactly, man. Yeah, it's actually in beta right now, so okay. I'm, I'm under NDE. NDA, non-disclosure, yeah. whatever. It's an NDA. Yeah, so I can't really talk too much about it. But right. um, It's going to be probably around the same quality as God of War. No, I'm just kidding. What I actually played was this game that I've had wishlisted for about a year and a half now. Was interested in it when I, um, being up to its release back in late 2020, if I'm not mistaken. And that's called Alba, A Wildlife Adventure. Okay. This little indie game where you play as this young girl. You're visiting your grandparents on this island. And when you're visiting over the summer, you quickly discover that this kind of hot shot, rich guy's coming in to try and plant this new hotel to kind of capitalize on the tourist market. Okay. And this island has traditionally been known for its wildlife scene, birds, bunnies, dolphins, stuff like that. And the game actually begins where you're kind of on the beach with your grandparents as a much younger girl. And your grandma kind of asks you to take a photo with her phone. And that kind of kickstarts the the mechanic of the game where you run around this island and you take pictures of wildlife. Again, birds, dolphins, bunnies, whatever it is. And as soon as you take a picture, especially if it's an animal you haven't taken a picture of before, this gets cataloged in this diary of yours. Called a Pokedex. Basically. I mean, it really kind of borrows elements from Pokemon Snap Except instead of being an on-rails adventure that isn't fun, you actually <laughs> walk... I'm kidding. Kidding all it's Pokemon true, Snap though. fans. It's um, Pokemon Snap N64, great game. Didn't Couldn't get into the, uh, the Switch game. Uh, but anyways, you kind of walk around this island. You can kind of roam around to your leisure, take photographs of all of these animals. But the main driving storyline of the game is you're trying to prevent and convince the mayor of the island to not have this hotel built because it would destroy the nature reserve and all the animals. Mm. So you wander around the island and you take pictures. You have a little tool belt so you can rebuild 
any infrastructure like bridges or signs or birdhouses that may have um, kind of just been broken over the years or rotted away. You kind of build those up. You talk to NPCs around the town, do fun little side quests, and you try and convince them to sign this petition, really all in an effort to convince the mayor of the island to cancel the building of this hotel. So it it's a pretty good time, about two and a half hours long, doesn't overstay its welcome. Again, little wholesome, graphically very pleasing little game, running around, kind of completing your little animal Pokedex, if you will. My biggest complaint about it is the music. Right when you walk out of your grandparents' house to kind of start the day, because mm-hmm. that's how the game is structured, five days for you to get all these kind of petitions, this wonderful, whimsical little song starts playing for about a minute, and then it just stops. And then all you hear are birds chirping. Mm. And I feel like it's just such a miss because even if that song played on loop the whole time yeah, and maybe plug in maybe two or three other songs, it would have been really, really great game. Yeah. Uh, fun little indie um, game, but I, the absence of the music was kind of a, a bummer for me. Do you think they did it as a stylistic choice so you could actually hear the wildlife that you're shooting? like, Or not shooting, but like taking, taking pictures, pictures of. of? Probably. Um but I don't know. I, I look at something like a short hike, and that just has such a memorable soundtrack. Yeah. And I feel like you plug that soundtrack into this game, it really complemented the experience really well. Yeah. But I can still safely recommend it. I wouldn't pay too terribly much for it. Like, even $10, I think, would be a stretch. But if you can get it for, like, 5 7 bucks on sale on the eShop or, again, Xbox, PlayStation, Steam, whatever it is, it's available everywhere. It's just one of those games that's so happy and wholesome that no matter what kind of a day you're having, it'll bring a smile to your face. Nice. So, Alba, a wildlife adventure. You can get it on every platform. Definitely check it out. And that's really it. I, uh, As part of the Gentleman's Challenge, as we talked about last week, uh, I need to get back to Kirby and the Forgotten Land. Yeah, I, I need to get to Final Fantasy as well. Yeah, you. Uh, ha- that's a beefy boy to complete here in the next 30 days. Yeah, especially because I'm gone for like 10 of those. Yeah, you're going to be a rascal. There's no way you're beating that. I, I could beat Mario, though. How long is Mario Galaxy? Uh, you could probably beeline it, collect the stars, save the galaxy in like eight hours or less. I don't know. Oh, that's not bad. But Isn't I mean, Final Fantasy at, like 30, 40? Yeah, there? about 30. But you suck at platformers, so. Whoa. I, yeah. I, I mean, I failed out of Celeste pretty hard. Well, that's a that's apples to oranges comparison. But you might be able to beat Galaxy. I doubt you're going to... You don't want to rush Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah, that's my thing. It's like, if I'm not in the mood, I'm going to be forcing myself to play a game that I know could be like game of the year level mm-hmm. quality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, might have to go to Mario. Okay. Well, that's all I've been playing this week, Ryan. What do you say we get into the main topic of the show? And I feel like... Given the heat in the room, given the timeline of the episode, what do you say we punt Obi-Wan Kenobi for when you're back from your trip? You can talk about, debrief everything that happened. By that time, Stranger Things Season 4 Part 2 will be out. Mm. We can just do a blowout TV spoiler cast for Stranger Things, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and your trip. Yeah, that sounds good to me. And that then sounds just good. do Xbox today. Okay, yeah. So, 
Go back, refill your beverages, people. All right, Ryan and I are going to be back to talk about Summer Games Fest, the Xbox Bethesda Showcase, the Square Enix Final Fantasy VII, you know, extravaganza anniversary thing that happened. There's so much to unpack, so much to talk about. We'll be right back. Ryan, we're back in the main topic of the show. We've got to break down and share our thoughts about Summer Games Fest, the Xbox, Bethesda Showcase, everything in between and after the fact, okay? And we'll see. I feel like we'll be relatively positive about this, but as we start double-clicking into things, we shall see. So let's, let's start off with what we saw first. Which was Summer Games Fest. Yes. Jeff Keighley's big summer event. Of course, last year, I don't remember all the things that were shown, but I think the main highlight was the three-minute Elden Ring trailer and the January release date tied to it when we saw it at the very end of Games Fest last year. Yeah. It'd be hard for Game Fest to live up to that amount of hype for Mm -hmm. this year. So they're coming in with a disadvantage because... Elden Ring was two years in a row most anticipated. Yeah. And to ha- end uh, the first day with that kind of mind-blowing trailer um, was big. Yeah. Um, so so they, they came in, yeah, at that disadvantage. Yeah. And so we watched Games Fest. You know, I was watching our good buddy Pete Dore stream it. I was um, kind of tuning into it, expecting there to be these kind of somewhat big bombs that would be dropped and... You know, Jeff Keighley did set the expectation earlier in the week saying that, hey, there are not going to be any life-shattering, life-changing announcements or reveals here. Everything that we're going to show are things that you're already aware exist. Yeah. So with that expectation going in, I mean, we could get a Silk Song trailer. We could get a Breath of the Wild 2 trailer. We could get, you know, any number of things, but we really did get much of anything i would say and going into the show just hours before we got word that the last of us remake was official yeah we saw the trailer for it and we saw that it was coming out in early september so going into games fest i at least was under the mindset of like i just hope that this is not their hook line and sinker final announcement to close out the show yeah well fast forward a couple hours that's exactly what it was and I I feel like even if it wasn't spoiled for us or it wasn't leaked prior to the show, I still feel like that was a weak closer because I, it was just awkward and very drawn out. They brought out Neil Druckmann, the original director on the game. He talked about the subtle differences that we're going to see in this versus the remaster on PS4. He teased a multiplayer game factions that they're building from the ground up. That's still a little ways off. We literally only got a concept image of that. 
And then in addition to that, he showed a very awkward, poorly lit photo from the HBO show based on the original story, based on the game's uh, story, The Last of Us. Mm -hmm. And it was like Ellie and Joel. Of course, Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones is playing Ellie and Pedro Pascal, Mandalorian, is playing Joel. And Game of Thrones. Yeah. A photo of them. Wait, which actress is playing Ellie? Bella Ramsey, the young girl in oh, okay. the last season like the of Bear Island Game girl? of Thrones. Yeah. Okay. Just a very awkward photo. I mean, I just felt like the way it was organized, the way they revealed it was just very underwhelming, regardless of it being spoiled prior to Games Fest. Um, before I share my thoughts, where are you at with the remake for Last of Us Part 1? Um, seeing that I never played the original, I don't know. I... A remake is not a good closer for me. One, it's like a 10-year-old game. Uh, I don't know. I, you want something new as your closer, kind of the finale of your show. Re-releasing a game, I don't know. I, I just think that's pretty weak. Yeah, It's like all the remakes for old movies that we're seeing now mm-hmm. a days. It's, you need to come up with your own ideas. We already saw this. Jurassic Park 37 kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on the, the remake train um, if it strokes the right nostalgic chords for me, you know, selfishly in that way. We talked a lot about that with the Xbox Bethesda um, excitement and our, our expectations, what we were anticipating, what we wanted to see, so on and so forth. But I'm with you. I'm like most people, like The Last of Us Part 1 came out on PS3, I think it was 2013, and then a year later... We got a remaster for PS4, and that game looked great, mm-hmm. ran relatively well. Of course, um, it's suffered from that era in terms of controls and the wonkiness associated with that, but it played well enough. Like I was not in any way, when are we going to get a Last of Us Part 1 remake so that we can play this in Part 2 back-to-back and it runs well for current generation consoles i don't remember it looking bad either no it didn't um all that to be said i'm still excited to to pick up last of us part one remake day one less for me to re-experience the story because if listeners don't know i never played part one until 2019 just Mm -hmm. a year before part two came out and again it quickly became one of my favorite games of all time i thought the storytelling is phenomenal but I didn't need this remake. The only reason why I want it as soon as now is because Lauren, my wife, has never experienced the story. Mm-hmm. And she really wants to, but she's not very comfortable playing those types of games. So I'm looking forward to this fall, uh, whether it's release day or during the spooky season, playing through part one and two. You know, her on the couch, we got the popcorn, we got the beverages, and we're playing through these two stories mm-hmm. um, outside of that it doesn't do a whole lot to excite me or the rest of the internet at least it seemed yeah but um, neither here nor there we still got the xbox bethesda showcase to hype us up we got indiana jones fable perfect dark avowed's coming out soon right ryan elder scrolls 6 are we talking about like the next generation of games or systems? 2028. I was talking about that. Okay. Showcase. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We, they're definitely on the horizon somewhere. <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I don't want to be too negative. Let's break this down. Okay. And to really 
kind of set the stage. Ryan and I are going to talk about our thoughts when it comes to Redfall and Starfield and the many games that were shown during this showcase last Sunday. There's one tidbit that I think really could have benefited Xbox going into this showcase that would have reserved both our and general audience expectations. Right when the show kicked off, this woman comes on the stage and says, before we get into all this, or maybe it was after there was that whole montage in the beginning with Redfall and Silk Song, which we'll get into. She said, everything we're showing today is coming out within the next 12 months. Yeah. And so bearing that in mind, we either get excited that, okay, finally, because criticisms of yesteryear and years past with these Xbox showcases is they show stuff like Fable. They show stuff like Elder Scrolls 6. They show stuff like Perfect Dark that we know is four, five, six years down the line at best. Yeah. But just confirming those feelings that we have of like, are they ever going to revive Perfect Dark? Are they ever going to go back to Fable? It's like, yep, we're doing it. And there's excitement that comes with that. But it's a tough line to toe of like, if you don't have things to show, if you don't have gameplay to show for Fable and Perfect Dark, don't show it. But I think this conference just confirmed what you and I feared is that those games are so far away. And in the next 12 months for Xbox, there's just not much there for me. Yeah, me neither. Um, I'd almost err on the other side that I wouldn't want to see a trailer ever before it's like getting close to being ready. I'm with you. Um, So I like... I can't believe they showed anything about the next Elder Scrolls. Like, mm-hmm. even that cinematic fly-in over a field or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't see really much that I would want to play. And, I mean, at least for Starfield, we got some gameplay at the yeah. end. Yeah. So, for fans of that genre game, it's finally... Like, it's still a game that's coming out. So, it, it's nice to see that it's further along than we expected and here's the thing too even with that you know the next 12 months in mind um i guess where i was getting at the point i was trying to make and i never circled back to close the statement that i was trying to uh, articulate is i think if phil spencer tweeted or xbox tweeted a week and a half a week three days before the xbox showcase and said hey i want to keep expectations in check seen a lot of rumblings around the internet Everything we're going to show in a couple days is coming out within the next 12 months. So then you and I wouldn't have been waiting for that Indiana Jones tease or that Fable trailer that's in engine that was rumored or that avowed release date or release window, right? I was still waiting for that avowed trailer. I'm I'm actually kind of surprised we're not getting that in the next 12 months. But I also don't think it makes sense to have an RPG like Starfield and Avowed to come out within a few months of each other. Yeah, there you're going to cannibalize. Yeah, but um, I think it would have gone a long way if Xbox communicated that up front. Doesn't mean we still wouldn't have been disappointed, right? Because coming away from Games Fest, I was still like, that was a snooze fest. But it gives us a few days to cope yeah. with our lowered expectations. Exactly. Instead of like in the moment, like, oh, this is going to suck. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, so all that aside, Ryan, let's get into some of the games that were shown. Redfall. Okay. This is this 
Xbox, Bethesda partnership, Arcane, famous for the Dishonored games, Mm -hmm. coming to the table with this co-op, first-person shooter, a lot of comparisons to Left 4 Dead, you're shooting, killing vampires and stuff like that, launching next year, summertime frame. Does this game do anything for you? Not really. I'd first have to play Dishonored. I I think that would be top of my list. Um, Probably not going to get this one. Mm -hmm. It's Xbox only, so I'm definitely not going to get this one. But um, there's a few down the list after that um, that I would have liked. Yeah, I think Redfall looks fun. Uh, I don't think it... It blew my mind in a way and I when I was looking at the gameplay and saying, this is so new and fresh. Like, this is building upon the foundation of Left 4 Dead in a way, or Bound for Blood, or whatever came out last year that you know, no one's really talking about anymore. Like, this is building on those games in a way, the cooperative zombie shooter game that I can't wait to play day one. Which one's the zombie game, or not zombie game, the... Uh the vampire game where it's like a battle royale with vampires. Is that like masquerade something? Okay. For some reason I was thinking that was called Redfall as well. No. Um, it kind of confirmed what I thought it was going to be of just like, I don't want to say it's just another left for dead, but I I didn't think the Redfall showcase was that strong. I'm glad we got the gameplay that we did. Uh, I'm excited that it's day one on game pass, but I'm not resubscribing to Game Pass just for Redfall. No. I, I think a stronger opening would have been Silk Song. Well, I mean, and just shortly after that, we saw Silk Song gameplay, which to Looks me good. was surprising. I'm glad we saw it. It's coming out, we assume, in the next 12 months. You know, they didn't really give any kind of um, a no. date for it. I think we'll probably see more Silk Song in the rumored official Nintendo Direct here in the next month or so. And I wouldn't be surprised if we got a date in the Nintendo Direct and um, more gameplay than what we saw in the Xbox showcase. But I thought having that game present was huge. Yeah, I mean, my general complaint with these Xbox showcases are we don't see gameplay. And whether we get a date or not, I think the biggest thing for me and it's always going to be a win is seeing any type of gameplay. Yeah. Whether it's 10 seconds or what, I'm just kind of more sick of the cinematic trailers. Mm-hmm. So the first two coming out with gameplay was big. Yeah. No, and, and it's a day one Game Pass title, which is I, huge. I think that's common for pretty much all of these. I, I don't know if there was any game except... Um, I don't know if Redfall is a day and date Game Pass title. I, feel- I think they said at the end of the show, like most of these, if not all of these, were uh, day one Game Pass. The like, exception was- to the rule was it was not on Game Pass. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, most of them were day and day Game Pass titles. Scrolling right along, there's other things here. We're not going to hit every item. A Plague Tale Requiem. This looks like an interesting third person, psycho- psychological thriller type of thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't play A Plague Tale Innocence. But I do really want to play that because it just looks like a my kind of a game. Yeah. No, I, I wanted to play the first one. I um, never got around to it, but I, it would definitely... I don't know if this story builds on the first one. I think it does. Continuation. It does. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess I'd have to play that one before this one. Mm-hmm. But it looked good. Yeah. Good gameplay. Looked good. Great graphically. Uh, the next couple of things... You said you were going to say something? The, one, the next one that I cared about was the Hot Wheels. Forza. Yeah. Hot Wheels. Yeah. That looked cool. 
Forza Horizon 5, I think, DLC, uh, anything Hot Wheels just is Just cool, awesome. Man. Yeah, good yeah. stuff. Um, and of course, you and I both have not played Horizon 5 yet. Forza Horizon 5, I mean, mm. um, I, I feel like that's a game if I started playing, I would really like to play it or enjoy. Beautiful. Um, but yeah, they, they kept going. Forza Motorsport was shown. Again, a huge graphical showcase for Xbox. Microsoft Flight Simulator DLC doesn't really do anything for me, although... The Pelican Seeing was pretty cool. The Halo Pelican in the game was pretty neat. Yeah. Not going to lie. Overwatch 2, again, doesn't really do anything for me. Elder Scrolls Online stuff. Here's what's interesting is that I think it was like the 25th anniversary or the 20th anniversary of Fallout. Mm, yeah. And we're getting Fallout 76 DLC for that. Such a great game. You know, I, I watched, a, I listened to a couple of different Xbox podcasts leading up to our recording because I wanted to understand, like, where are people at? You know, I mean, the Xbox super fans out there, were they impressed with this showcase? Were they excited for the things that they were shown? Were they excited at the state of Bethesda and a lot of their first party studios? And the overwhelming response to a lot of this was just disappointment. Yeah. I mean, one person went so as so far to say it's inexcusable that we've gone a generation of Xbox to this point without another Elder Scrolls or another mainline Fallout game. Yeah. And we're going to go the entirety of the Series X, Series S generation, however long that is, before Fallout 5 comes out. Because the next game after Starfield... There was a Todd Howard interview from IGN after the Xbox showcase that Starfield's their next game, planned to release in 2023. We'll talk about it shortly. Then it's Elder Scrolls Six, which is in pre-production, which means that I think best case we see that game in 2028. Yeah. And then at least five, six years after that, we're going to get Fallout 5, the next game after Elder Scrolls Six. Do they only have one team working on one game at a time? I don't know the structure of Bethesda, how big the studio is and things like that and how, how often they work on games in parallel, what that really looks like. And I don't want to be an armchair developer here. It's just kind of baffling to know that in the 12 years from, you know, 2000 to like 2012, we got Morrowind's, Oblivion, Skyrim, all the DLC associated with those games. We got Fallout 2, Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. All six of those games in like a 12-year span. Yeah. And then from like 2013 to now, we've gotten Fallout 4, Fallout 76, and then we'll get Starfield next year. I know the scope of these games, the cost associated with development has is exponentially larger than what it was 20 years ago. I just go back to the question that I posed to you and we talked about last week of just management, managing the development of these games, especially when Xbox comes on board and says, hey, we're going to buy you for four, seven billion, whatever it was. I would think that even though Phil Spencer has said and Todd Howard has said that Bethesda still kind of operates in a silo apart from Microsoft's, you know, overlords. Yeah. But I would think that regardless of that, that the additional resources that they would benefit by being under Microsoft 
I'm not saying more dollars means that faster development. There's like a one-to-one parallel there, correlation. Yeah. But I would think there'd be somewhat of a correlation that more some level of injection more resources Microsoft. means that development would somewhat sp- pick up a little bit, right? Or you, why would you buy them if they didn't have something in the pipeline or more in the pipeline? Kind of like they bought them to get it on the system, but like exclusive wise, I mean, you're not going to have a new game until Starfield, which they bought them what a year, year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. That, that, that is what it is. Again, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I just didn't get a lot of enthusiasm or excitement for the next year or so as it relates to Xbox. But, Ryan, there were two games that excited me later on in the conference. Yeah, One the of them, I Minecraft think you Minecraft Legends? Yeah, no. <laughs> Definitely not. But you're probably excited for that. Yeah. No, it looks cool. Uh, it reminds me of a game that came out like 2011, which was uh, Cube World, mm. which just very cubey, but it's like an RPG or an uh, MMO kind of or RPG where you go into these pre-built structures and get loot and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it kind of looks like they're ripping that off. Yeah, yeah. Now, it doesn't really do anything for me, but I'm excited for all the Minecraft fans. I know Minecraft Dungeons was really successful for them. Mm-hmm. I got that um, one. Looks like a fun spinoff. I'm not into Minecraft, but... Um, Using that aesthetic or graphical style to make like a dungeon crawler Diablo type game. Yeah. Kind of exciting. No, it, it could be a good time. I don't remember if that one's exclusive though. Legends. I, I mean, they own w- Minecraft. Yeah. Xbox does. So, um, but I know, le- uh, I know dungeons came to other platforms. So. Yeah. Well, we'll see. If yeah. it comes to anything except Xbox, I'll get that. Yeah, Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn was the next game. Um, if I had to pick two games, this was top of the list for me. Yeah, this one looked awesome. Kind of a, I got Kana, Bridge of Spirits vibes from this. I got Dark Souls Combat, almost Shadow of Mordor type counter system. You got your dodge rolls, you got your double jumps. You got, you your got cute companion. You yeah. got like a floating uh, fish thing. Yeah, kind of an amalgamation of a lot of those types of games and mechanics. And, and I'm always down for that type of stuff. Yeah. Your Dark Souls like, sign me up. Um, as long as you have a good, strong foundation and a good um, upgrade system and stuff like that. I'll yeah. Do, no, I'm definitely down for this. Um, I think this one is exclusive, though. Yeah. Um, I think it is coming to Game Pass. Uh, looks like that's more of an early 2023 title, though. Yeah. Um, anything else you want to highlight before I go to my next game here? Uh, Cocoon. Okay. Um. I know you don't like puzzles as much as I do, but this one looks like a really interesting, um, I don't know, not a normal game that I would play, Mm-mm. but I love the aesthetic to it. Yeah, so this is from developed by the gameplay designer of Limbo and Inside. I've not played Inside, but I loved, loved Limbo back on the Xbox 360 way back when. So I'm excited to see what this game ends up becoming, but this just looks like a game that I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see one of our buddies stream this. Yeah, I could see Blink stream, streaming this. Yeah, one. it doesn't seem like a game like I'd be excited to play myself, but um, I'd like to see someone else stream it Yeah, uh, and kind of vicariously live through their experience. Yeah, for sure. But not really for me. Um, the next game that, I don't want to say wowed me, but just really looked up my alley was Ravenlock. And this... Getting back to Kana comparisons, looked much more like Kana Bridge of Spirits than even something like Flintlock. 
also got cameo elements of power, yeah. old school rare game for the 360, got those kind of vibes here, and also just seems to have the storytelling Tim Burton aesthetic of like an Alice in Wonderland too. Yeah, like a fever dream kind yeah. of craziness. Yeah. yeah, that looks like my kind of a game. Um, I didn't really get any kind of an idea when that's going to be released outside of, again, the next 12 months, sometime in 2023, Game Pass day and date. So yeah, Ravenlock and Flintlock, um, just the locks, man. All the locks. Gotta keep those locks. John Locke, just, yeah, give me lock all day, <laughs> every day. Um, those are the two that stood out to me the most. Um, continuing to go down the line here. Big win for Xbox. We've talked about it. I think we briefly mentioned it in the last episode that there's really not been a strong JRPG scene on the Xbox since the 360 days. Mm-hmm. With your Lost Odysseys, with your Blue Dragons, big win. Persona 3 Portable, Persona 4 Golden, and Persona 5 Royal all coming to Xbox Series X and Windows PC. Royal is going to be on October 21st. The other two games are coming out a little later, and all three are going to be part of Xbox Game Pass. Were those exclusive to Sony previously? Or how did that work? Were they not on there already? They were on, yeah, like PSP, PS2, Vita, and then PlayStation 4 and stuff. Okay. So that's a, that's a huge win. Um, I've never been able to get into the Persona series. I tried. I, I yeah, no. It's but not, I'm not a fan. But I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer. This is a big win for um, people that have or play exclusively on Xbox mm-hmm. to get this kind of trilogy of JRPGs. Big deal. Later in the show, just before we get to Starfield, Hideo Kojima, of course, the uh, one of the most famous developers in the entire industry, mm-hmm. dating back to, gosh, I mean, the NES, your Metal Gears of the, of the world, uh, Metal Gear Solid, Death Stranding, stuff like that. He is going to be developing a game for Xbox, and it's coming out. <laughs> At a time. At a time. <laughs> <laughs> we got so much information. That's, really just put, putting, him, putting him up there and showing his face is big enough. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, if he creates a Death Stranding type of experience for Xbox gamers, that, that, that's that's exciting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that that's, that's exciting. I, I have nothing else to say because we got nothing else from that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, l- let's get to the final thing here, Ryan. Well, one more. I think the last one is Diablo 4. Yes. Um, and that looked beautiful. It did. It did. Um, I would almost consider getting an Xbox to play that game, depending on the monetization. I don't know if that's going to be exclusive. I, I thought it said exclusive. Did it? Yeah. Okay. It's probably PC and yeah. Xbox. Okay. 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 Well, that'd be a fun one to play. Yeah. No, that looked really good. Um, and we never really got into Diablo 3. No. During the pandemic, you and I both downloaded We that. tried. Yeah. Maybe like a couple hours. But I don't think it was a lack of polish. It was just in that, that particular time... You and I were not really in the mood for that experience. Yeah, we both picked dwarves, and then we had the same play style instead of us doing different characters. Yeah, so uh, Diablo 4, you're right, did look good. Let's get to the final thing here, Ryan. Sounds good. Starfield. Todd Howard takes the stage, talks about this being the most ambitious game, the biggest game Bethesda has ever done, and then we got um, we, we got gameplay. I mean, it, it was, I would say, a strong showcase in the sense that we know what Starfield is now. Yeah. We know the type of game it is. We saw gameplay. We saw the customizable options. We saw the the branching dialogue trees, having conversations. All the elements you would expect to be baked into 
a Bethesda RPG, like a Fallout, like an Elder Scrolls. But where are you at with this? Coming away from the showcase, did it get you more excited for Starfield, less excited? Where are you at with this game? Um, I don't know. I've never gotten gotten into Bethesda shooters. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't a fan of Fallout, not just because of the aesthetic of the game, but I didn't like the gunplay. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks a little bit more polished. Um, it's going to suck to not have VATS, um, that kind of targeting system that they have in the Fallout games. Um, I don't know if I'd get, I get, I still don't have an Xbox, but I don't know if this game would be for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the concept is cool. I think it pulls a lot from No Man's Sky. The, you can't help but compare that we have a thousand worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how unique everything's going to be. Is it going to be randomly generated or did they send everyone to make five worlds kind mm-hmm. of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see how varied, how much stuff there is to do in each one of the world, if it's a full world or just a continent kind of thing, um, how they get around having to populate all that. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at, too. I also have not really gotten into the Fallout games over the years. Try playing Fallout 3 on 360. Didn't really scratch the itch for me. You played a bit of 4. Play, over the pandemic, yeah, I put about 10, 12 hours into Fallout 4. And I was somewhat enjoying it. And then when I really started exploring and getting out there, going back to that comment about gunplay, it just doesn't really do it for me. Mm-mm. Like like the Wolfenstein games do. Yeah. You know, and as I get older, Ryan, um, <laughs> bigger is not better to me. No. You know, and I look at something Breath of the Wild and it's just so overwhelming for me to pick up and start playing a game like that. And it's different because... I say bigger is not better, but it ultimately is dependent on the core experience. And if you give me an Elder Scrolls 6, the size of something like Starfield, that would probably excite me. But given like the game that's there, it, it's telling me that there's a thousand planets to explore and that there's 400 hours of potential gameplay here and... No one's going to experience the same thing twice and, you know, whatever other back of the box, you know, blurbs you want to spit out there. That just doesn't really get me excited. If anything, at this point, it's just like kind of just pushes me away. Exactly. Like 400 hours. Yeah. I I don't see how that repetition would be fun. Like I put 400 hours into multiple games. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, The last one being Monster Hunter World. Mm -hmm. But there's so much... It's, it's there's it's like a totally different grind. You're grinding for armor and loot, and it's a very confined game. It's not we have a thousand of things. We have forty monsters that you can grind repetitively. Yeah. Having to explore a thousand worlds that's terrifying. Well, and there's two things, two comments I want to make about that. So first of all, when it comes to space exploration, this space opera fantasy story that they're telling. We have the Mass Effect Legendary Edition collection. I could go back and replay that trilogy because it's been a decade since I have. Yeah. That's that's point number one for me. The second component to this is that there's so many core gameplay mechanics that imme- were immediate turnoffs for me. In games, I don't really like crafting. I also don't like base building. I also really don't like 
ship customization. Okay. <laughs> I'm the first one to get on my soapbox and talk about how terrible the gummy ship stuff is in Kingdom Hearts. In the first one. The third one is good. It's it's better, but I don't like it. I That's didn't spend fair. a lick of my time. I was like, I just want to get to the frozen world. I just want to get to <laughs> back to Andy's room. I just want to go play with Baymax. Right. I didn't care about the tools I needed to get there. I just wanted to be there. And in a similar way with Starfield, there's no way. I don't care how wonderful the the, the UI is of customizing your ship. That's just not for me. And when I played Fallout 4, that base building, I did it for like 30 minutes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Some people loved it. And kudos to you, man. And maybe you saw the base building mechanics and how you can set up shop on a thousand different planets and customizing your ship and gathering and scanning resources on the planet. You see all those mechanics and man, you're like salivating at the mouth for how exciting, excited you are to do that stuff. I looked at that. I'm like, okay, well maybe, maybe in a couple minutes they'll show a redeeming quality that will overshadow some of these other things that are going to be maybe not required, but essential to the experience. Yeah. And I just never really got that. Yeah. Yeah, no, I I mean, I'm happy for the people who find those elements fun, mm-hmm. but I'm, yeah, I'm in the same boat as you. It's, it doesn't seem like a fun loop for me. Yeah. I mean, uh, here's the thing. There were a lot of memes. There were a lot of gifts. There were a lot of videos going around comparing this game to No Man's Sky. And I think there's, there's merit to that. I think there's a yeah. lot of elements that look very similar to No Man's Sky. However, at the very beginning, I didn't follow all of No Man's Sky's development, but I think one of the bigger talking points was you can explore a thousand planets. No one person's going to experience the same thing. Find your friends at the center of the universe or whatever. Yeah. Right. But that game launch was hell. awful. Right. Yeah. And since then, they've built out that game experience to be something that's quite beautiful, apparently. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like that. I do truly believe Starfield is going to execute on that vision so much better. I just feel yeah. like however great they execute on that vision, from what I saw, it just doesn't look like my kind of game. No, I'd agree. I mean, No Man's Sky was what, an indie game? I mean, Hello Games, I don't know how big their studio is. You know, Sean Murray. I didn't think it was that big of a studio. I don't think it was. I mean, compared to like a Bethesda. I, I think... Bethesda will stick the landing a little bit better. I think they will too. Um, and, and, you know, as we get closer to that release date, I think it's still, I think they'll take every day of that 12 month yeah. thing. Like this looks like to it's, me, it's going to take, you know, up until May or June to push this game out the door. Um, it'll probably release to similar Bethesda fare, just like your Skyrims and fallouts of the world with kind of buggy at launch. But with a game of that size, you expect that. Yeah. Lots of patches and stuff like that subsequent to launch. Um, but yeah, I'm curious. I know we didn't get a tremendous amount of feedback in Discord or of where people were at with this game. But scrolling Twitter, I feel like a lot of the people that I follow were of the mindset of bigger really isn't better. A lot of the core mechanics to this don't really excite me as it relates to base building and resource farming. But I'm excited to see more. Yeah, this would almost be one of those games that you watch a streamer or someone play and mm-hmm. not necessarily like in the background opposed to play yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's a game I'll definitely want to play because 
with the Skyrims and when a Demon Souls or a Dark Souls, a game of this size and scope releases, you want to be a part of the conversation, Mm -hmm. I think. And I kind of want to be a part of that Starfield conversation at or near launch. So I'll play it. Um, I just didn't walk away with a tremendous amount of enthusiasm that this is going to be my game of the year. Yeah, no, that's fair. So, um, so yeah, that's Xbox Bethesda. I don't want to get into the leather gra- letter grading again, especially when you consider the the all, all everything we're showing is coming out within the next twelve months. Um, again, I think if they put that message out front ahead of time, it it would have it would have been better. I think it would have been received better by um, the public. But I still think it would have been neat to have an Indiana Jones tease at the end or an in-engine fable gameplay trailer. Or almost break it into two different things. Here's what we're doing in the next 12 months. And then here's what we have further beyond. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think you got to give Xbox credit though, because they hear their fans, they hear the criticism. They're taking back that back to the drawing board and they're taking into account the feedback they've gotten. So I think you have to give credit where credit's due. We saw a lot of gameplay. All these games are coming out on Game Pass. Um, For you and me personally, those games just don't really resonate with us. Yeah, no. I I think the gameplay is the biggest improvement from the the last, was it last year's uh, presentation by Xbox. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy for it. I agree. Let's quickly breeze through the Capcom and Final Fantasy VII anniversary stuff, Ryan. Capcom, we got some Resident Evil 8 DLC. Yep, we got the remastered or next-gen for Resident Evil 2, 3, and 7. That's great. We can play Resident Evil 7 here in the game room. Yep, we'll do that in October. Yeah, and that'll be good stuff. And we got Street Fighter 6. Not for me. Not for me either. Not for me, but um, we also saw... Did we get gameplay Resident Evil 4 Remake? I feel like we didn't get that. I thought they just reused the Rerolled first, yeah, that thing. I think, I think you're trailer. right. I think you're right, but still excited to play that. Excited to replay 2, 3 Remake, and 7 um, on the PS5. Got the trophies. It's going to be great. Um, re-earn the trophies, I mean. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. And they also showed Monster Hunter uh, Sunbreak, which will come out, I think, the 30th or, like, in a couple days, really. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. And then a couple days after that, we got a Final Fantasy VII 25th anniversary celebration I'm not going to go through all of the things here. They kick it off. I think there was some mobile games they highlighted. The two main takeaways, one being Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core is getting a remaster. This almost looks like a complete remake. They retain the gameplay and combat style of the PSP game, which is music to my ears. Loved this game on the PSP. It's been a while since I've replayed it. And what I was most surprised about is this game is coming this winter. That's big. That's a huge win. Definitely going to tie us over for the second of confirmed three parts in the Final Fantasy VII Remake trilogy, if you will. Final Fantasy VII Reborn Part Two coming next winter, 2023. That's Yeah, that's far sooner than I expected. Oh, I think that's far sooner than anyone anticipated. They're getting games out far quicker than, I mean, of a larger scale than Bethesda is. It's true. It's true. I mean, granted, they probably didn't have to do a whole lot in the way of, of rebuilding the entire system. Exactly. Up. They're they're reusing all the assets of Remake, rightfully so. 
dude. I cannot wait to play. It's called Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion this winter. That's going to be such a treat to play over the holidays. And then, of course, Final Fantasy VII Remake, one of my favorite games that I played last year. Part two coming next year. Sign me the heck up. Day one. Yeah, I will definitely beat the first one before that comes out. You need to. Gives me a year. You absolutely need to. Well, Ryan, that's all the news. As always, I'm curious where other people are at with GamesFest, Xbox, Bethesda, the Capcom stuff. We've got the Final Fantasy VII Remake stuff. Please, people, get in the Discord. Let Ryan and I know. Or, better yet, Ryan, write in to otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com or... If you're feeling sleepy and you have a long drive home after being at some concert, consider just hopping on a phone call, recording yourself. <laughs> for five minutes. For five minutes. <laughs> Hell, make it eight minutes and send it in to otakubrotherspodcast at gmail.com, sharing your thoughts about all of this. Or if you just have a question for us, Ryan, as we always say, anything that makes the show better, we're all about it and we want to hear from you. Okay? Transitioning. Just before we, you know, really cap the show off and end it, we have a couple listener questions. Speaking of questions, you can also get in the Discord. There's a little section called the question block. And I asked everyone out there to come with their best questions. And the first question we got, Ryan, was from our good friend of the show. His name's Blink. And he asked me, And I'm opening up something because I need for the purpose of his question here. Okay. Blink says, here's a question. What's going on with your trophy hunting, Rusty? That is a very good question. It's a great question. I love it. Yeah. And uh, we talked a little bit about my resurgence into the trophy collecting scene earlier in the episode. You took a sabbatical or you tried to take a sabbatical. I did. I did. And I I still have restrictions for myself. I'm not going to go into all the formalities of that. We've talked a little bit about it in the past couple of episodes. Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy being a great example where I was following a guide for all the collectibles, spoiling story bits for me before I even got to them. And that's just no way to play a story-based game. Yeah. We can't do that. So... I'm really kind of capping it at a certain level. When games come out, I'll better understand what the trophy list looks like, what I need to do. And if it crosses a certain threshold that I hold for myself, I'm not going to go for it because I don't want collecting trophies to get in the way of enjoying the game. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. But I have a story to tell. Okay. Okay. So a couple months back at this point, about a month and a half ago, I went to Ireland Mm-hmm. I talked to you about this. I talked to the listeners about this. And when I came back from Ireland, Lauren was still, and by the way, you probably hear someone chopping wood. They're running like a a, a wood slicer yeah. in the background. So added ambiance to the episode. Don't worry about it. I'll try and get it out in post. But when I came back, we were still dealing with the stress of the house and everything like that. The raccoons were still living in the house, water coming through the walls. But with all that, I kind of just needed to do some trophy hunting. I needed to pop some some platinums. It's to, your safe zone. To get that dopamine release. Yeah. Well, someone else had the bright idea of doing the same. Someone else's partner wasn't around. And this person thought it would be good to also pop some platinums and maybe tighten the gap between me and this person as it relates to total platinums collected. This person's name is Blink. Okay. We've talked about him 
a number of times on the show. He's out there on Twitch. Check him out. He's okay. He could be better, but you know, <laughs> we're not going to get into criticism here. And he, I was doing a little spying and I saw that he got a couple platinums. I'm like, whoa, that's kind of out of nowhere. Um, game on kind of yeah, a thing. He was crushing it right? for a bit. So I got a couple platinums. And then, of course, I sign on and see where he's at. And I'm like, what the heck? This guy got like two more platinums, like three platinums in a day. This is getting way out of hand. And then a day goes by and I'm sitting down one night eating some dinner, um, drinking a beer. I'm just kind of hanging out, doing it right. Scoob's by me. We're just chilling. And then I thought, well, what's my pal Blink up to? So I get on and I check out the trophy scene. I look at his profile. It's like the 14th time in 24 hours. I was going to say, is this like a nightly thing? Like, about to go to bed. Let's see where Blink's at trophy-wise. Something like that. Don't worry about it. And I see that this guy has the audacity to pop the platinum trophy in DreamWorks Megamind on PS3. Oh, shit. Now, if you'll recall, we had another good friend of the show, DMP, Devil May Pie, mm-hmm. on the podcast many moons ago. We talked about platinum trophies he was retired. He's since come back. He's playing for the Washington Wizards. It's great. <laughs> and he called me out for not having Megamind. I was one trophy away because the final boss in that game, you have to beat without dying. I remember that, yeah. And I didn't go back and get it because you had to replay a certain part of the level. And it's like a 15-minute grind to get back to the boss. And I was kind of just like, oh, I'll come back to this eventually. But Blink knew. Blink knew. And he held it over me. And he sends me a little message. He's all cute about it. Like, hey, buddy, you know, see, uh, I got a couple platinum trophies. I guess his partner was away for the weekend. So he just like fucking got a whiteboard out. He started drawing all kinds of maps, the games he was going to clean up and go back to and get the platinums in. This guy got like 12 platinums in like, I don't even know, three days or something like that. That's crazy. He was wild. He surpassed me. Kudos to Blink. But it was after this Megamind thing. Lauren's home by this point. If you'll remember, I got pink eye in both eyes, got super sick when I came home. <laughs> and that night when I got on and I saw the Megamind thing, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And so I recorded a little video for you and I sent it to you about this whole situation. And I ended up sending it to Blink as well. Because this is basically like my white flag, right? I just, yeah. just, just throw it in the towel. And uh, I feel like it might be comical for the listeners to hear this. So... um, Again, setting the scene, Blink has surpassed me. I've been beaten. I'm a little salty about it. And this is what I sent to Ryan and what I eventually sent to Blink. So, enjoy. All right, dude. So, Blink has gotten 15 Platinums in a week. He got three last night. He got three today. He's working on his fourth for the day. I'm done. I'm out of the game. I have pink eye, I think. I'm congested to all hell. I have a cough. Lauren doesn't even want to be around me anymore. And Scooby continues to eat socks or whatever. But dude, platinums aren't worth it. I'm, I've given up. So yeah, Blink, you win. Uh, it's for official. now. For now. For now. All right, Rusty's coming back. the gap? I think he is 79 and I have 76, 77 maybe. Okay. So it's not Are too far. Are you still ahead in overall trophies? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I've, pl- I've played Foxylands. I've played Mayos of the World. Blink hasn't played that stuff. Okay. So He's a purist. Uh, yeah, well, 
you call it what you want. <laughs> yeah, there's other words, but we'll stick with purists. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the answer to your question, Blank, is it's going really well. I'm coming for you. Sleep with one eye open. Okay, that's my advice to you. Next up on the list, we have Wet Rubbish, also known as Alex. He asks, okay, I'm going to use games, but you can apply this to anything. Has there ever been a collector's edition, statue, standee, or even a console that you've wanted where you spent more time trying to figure out how A, to fit it in your game room or collection, or B, how to redesign your room or setup, or C, where you find yourself at Kia or at Ikea, Crate and Barrel, or even Best Buy, buying new furniture so that you can actually display or use it. For me, it was it was uh, the PS5. I needed another HDMI switcher, and while doing that, I decided to rewire my home theater, and in doing so, decided to get a new media console after seeing how much it stood out. I still need to get black shell replacement. So Ryan. You don't necessarily have like a game room of sorts. You just have that main living space in your apartment. I'm getting to the point where I need more shelving units yeah. and stuff. Like my bookshelf is completely full of games. Yeah. Like they're now overflowing into like drawers. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I want them displayed, um, but I don't necessarily have the room, mm-hmm. which is the unfortunate part. And I think if I eventually get a house that doesn't have raccoons in it, mm-hmm. I will uh, definitely deck out and kind of get similar to yours, like a giant shelf. I don't near have that much, that many games, but yeah, I, I'm kind of at that turning point where I need more space. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And so, so much in the sense that like I've talked about and I recorded something for YouTube uh, two years ago at this point. I don't really remember when it was a year ago where it was how my collecting habits have changed. Yeah. And I talked about how this big shelf behind me in the game room has most of my PlayStation stuff, some Xbox stuff, but I've always told myself that if if I get to the point where I can't fit the games that I have or I buy new ones on that shelf, then it's time to go through and figure out the games that I'm going to be selling. Yeah. And that's kind of like I talked about earlier in the show, as part of the PlayStation Plus service, I'm identifying games that man, if I have this digitally for the rest of my life, I don't care. Even if it's removed from play PlayStation Plus, like I don't need to own, you know, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl on PS5 physically. I just don't need that game, right? Yeah, for me, I only buy what I want to have physical editions of. So, I mean, I'm pretty selective on which games I get. It's just there's been a lot of really good PlayStation games coming out. So mm-hmm. it's, it's quickly filled up. And then I have some... Uh, like not action figures, but I got the Melania statue, which is in front of my TV. I have the Zoid that I still have to build. Um, so those definitely take up a lot of space. Yeah, I'm with you. And so when Lauren and I are kind of over this hump with the roof and siding, I'm going to get back to kind of game room construction mode and hang up the rest of the stuff that I wanted to hang up. I'm also going to get a separate entertainment center that sits lower to the ground, mount my TV so that I can put my PS5 and Series X kind of on that entertainment shelf, yeah. but also display some of the figures that I basically just have in my closet right now because I have that Tales of Asperia repeat figure that, that would be really Zach's cool one. brother graciously gave um, the three of us. And then also I have from first four figures, I bought a Spyro figure that's still um, yet to be shipped to me. Mm. Um, and then more recently I got the, the Nathan Drake figure from Uncharted 3 
Thanks, Bling, for inspiring me to get that, watching your game room tour. Um, so yeah, to answer his question, I definitely have things that I can't display right now that I'm planning on getting not necessarily additional shelving, but different shelving that better allows me to display some of that stuff. Yeah, that's if that makes right. sense. So um, great question. Love hearing how people Tetris their game room and living space, right? Yeah. It's always interesting to, to see whether it's a game room tour or pictures or what have you. Um, but there's always a way to either fit more stuff or display it in a way that, I don't know, it's just a fun exercise. Yeah. You know? No, I'm excited for, I guess, eventually getting a house and being able to deck out my own mm-hmm. kind of game room. I probably won't do purple, but yeah. Yeah. It'll be fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. And then last but certainly not least, our good buddy Charlie says, I know this is ask us anything for Rusty and Ryan, but let me just say having a good receiver really helped sorting out the increasing HDMI needs. I think he's getting at replying to wet rubbish there. He says, also, Rusty, specifically me, what is the meaning of life? It's a hard question. It's pretty deep. And we don't tend to get too philosophical on this podcast, Ryan. But, and I'm going to try and not be too sappy here, but I think what I would say is that the meaning of life is to love people well, unconditional of any kind of affiliation, whether it's religious or political or otherwise. You need to just love people well. The only condition I put on that is those sad sack nobodies that truly think that Mario Kart 64 is better than Diddy Kong Racing (laughs) on the N64, okay? So, point number one, love people well. Unconditional of anything except those people that like Mario Kart 64 more than Diddy Kong Racing. And then secondly, man, life's about getting out there. Life's about living without regrets, learning from your mistakes, taking advantage of the adventure and experiences that are out there, not waiting until tomorrow to live your best life because tomorrow's never going to come. So I'm telling everyone out there, Rusty's on his soapbox right now. If there's something out there, think about what you would do if you were 10% braver and just do it, man. Life's too short to wait for tomorrow. Do it today. All right. And we'll be back next week with motivational speaking (laughs) with Ari Lewis, 2011. Okay. Uh, That's it, Ryan. That's a wrap. Sounds good. That's a wrap. So thank you everyone so much for listening to this podcast and continuing to tune in when Ryan and I have the time and mental capacity in this hot game room to put it out for you. Um, We'll be back in a couple of weeks when Ryan gets back from his trip. Want to hear about that. And then also maybe Lauren and I will get behind the mic and record an episode while you're out on vacation. Sounds good. You never know. Um, But as we come to the end of any Otaku Brothers episode, again, I already plugged the Discord. I already plugged. Send us us questions to Otaku Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. The last thing I do each and every single week, Ryan, do any parting words or fun facts for the listeners? Yeah, so I was watching documentaries on lions um, this past week or so, um, and it turns out that as a lion ages, its mane gets darker. No. So when you see like a really dark mane, it means it's an older, more experienced lion that survived. So Scar had to. Well, been that's like what I was thinking. I'm like, years old. Comp- comparing Scar, I mean, I don't know how, if they're from the same litter, but like, it means Scar is the older brother, like really old. Because Sim or uh, Mufasa. Mufasa's mane is what, still brown or red, mm-hmm. but like Scar's is completely black. I think he was the older brother, 
Um, there's all we I think we've talked about too, like how Scar got his scar and his nickname. It's yeah. actually a pretty interesting story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, that's my uh, good stuff. Fun facts, man. You got to listen to the very end of every Otaku Brothers episode. Otherwise, you're not going to get the fun facts, people. And as we say every time we record this show, this is an educational program. Okay, we're always here to bring the fun facts, and hopefully, we're here to provide you with an hour or two of entertainment every time you tune in. All right. Be well, keep playing those great video games out there. Stay safe, stay healthy, and Ryan and I will be back with another show and hopefully not too long. See ya. This is where we come from, yeah we did it. City on my back, I'm committed. This is where we come from, yeah we made it. Now the whole team celebrating. We like, uh oh, 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 For the old me, they can't stop me now. I'm with the whole team. No beginner, I'm a winner. Took a couple losses, now I'm cooking. Let me simmer. Yeah, yeah, tunnel vision. All I see is win, 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 win. This my city section where you been, 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 been. We move faster alone, but go further together. We can weather any weather forever. A dream team, I'd have seen things. Confidence is on a hundred thousand. I got family for miles, running up the mileage. Made it through some trials and some tribulations. Not me in the team. I yeah, we did it. City on my back, I'm committed. This is where we come from. Yeah, we made it. Now the whole team celebrating. We like, uh oh, 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 o